0: the house of the Lord Genesis 35 and I want to read just a few verses of scripture there and then, and then we'll go on from there Genesis 35 starting with verse number 1 uh, namely today the Bible says and God said unto Jacob arise go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest From the face of Esau, thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean. Change your garments and let us arise and go up to Bethel. And I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went for a little while this morning i'd like to minister simply this return to bethel return to bethel hallelujah will you help me pray right now god i come to you Lord, we need you, Jesus, in this place today. We need, Lord, your anointing. I pray, oh, Lord, every heart, every soul, Lord Jesus, that is here today. You know, God, the needs. You know, Lord Jesus, the difficulties. Lord, you know, Lord Jesus, where people are stationed in life. I pray, oh, Lord, this morning, if you would just have a fresh, Lord Jesus, aroma from heaven. God, that would touch our lives. God, we would be most grateful, Lord, and very much so, Lord appreciative Lord of you performing the work God that only you can do and what only you can accomplish Lord Jesus in this place let your presence God be made known help us God identify that connect with that in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray hallelujah 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 and the church say amen. amen amen you may be seated this morning in the lovely name of the Lord the lovely name of the Lord This is a time frame in Jacob's life that he has already lived. He's lived much of life already. If we were to look at the scriptures, he has a a couple of wives at this stage in the word of the Lord. He has several and do not do not uh, underestimate that word. He has several children, several children, several offspring. He has increased quite abundantly. From just having a staff in his hand To have bands of men servants And bands of women servants Great riches whenever it comes to Livestock and cattle and animals along that line But at this particular juncture in the life of Jacob The word of the Lord has come to him very clearly And says Jacob right now where you are at Is not where I desire you to be Jacob, right now where you may be within your standing as a man with uh, wives and children, that is great and that, that's, that's wonderful and with all the riches of the cattle and the livestock, perhaps any man would wish to aspire to such a level of riches in livestock and although that may be considered a noble place among society, that's not where I desire for you to be. And so the voice of the Lord would sound clear to him there at that place of renown according to human standards. And God would say, Jacob, I want you to go up to Bethel. And I want you to dwell. I want you to live there. And I want you to make an altar there unto God. Uh, Jacob, I want you to go back to a place that that is not foreign to you in your past. I want you to go back to a place that you were once at. Now, if we were to just consider for a moment this morning this whole geographic area or location of Bethel, we might think what is the use or what is the importance of just going back to this location or this geographical place because Bethel in and of itself as a location or a geographic place was not anything any more noble or notable than any other location. It was just a long range of broken hills and mountains that were running north and south there at Bethel. Slopes that were just strewn with uh, large sheets of bare rocks. It was not necessarily pleasing to the eye. Just a landscape that was void of any houses. A landscape that was void of any cultivated lands. A land that was void of any domesticated animals. Seemingly not much life there at the geographic location of Bethel. But for Jacob Bethel was more than just a location. Bethel was more than just a geographic area and arena. Bethel was more than just a place. To Jacob, Bethel was an experience that was associated with a place because it would be at that place called Bethel. Bethel, that Jacob upon leaving his land that he was a native of, fearful of his life from his brother Esau, that he would go outside of the family city and he would be on a journey according to, to, to Genesis 28 going to Haran fleeing for his life, getting away from everything that he had known that was commonplace to him and as he goes out of that town just a little bit he comes to an area the Bible would tell us in Genesis 28 Of a place called Bethel. It would be at this place known as. Bethel that the Bible says that the sun was falling over the horizon that night and so Jacob decided to sleep right here at this location the Bible says at this location there were some stones that were strewn on the ground and Jacob gathers these stones together and uses them as a pillow to lay his head upon at Bethel that happened it would be then after he would awake in the morning after the things that he had experienced at Bethel the Bible says at Bethel he had a dream at Bethel he had a vision at Bethel was the place where he found rest for his body at Bethel. It was during that night that dream would come to him. He would have that dream of a ladder whose top reached unto the heavens, whose foot touched the earth. He would see angels ascending and descending upon the ladder at whose top of the ladder was the Lord himself. At Bethel, Jacob seen this, felt no doubt the presence of the Lord, discerned that this place was a place where God presence was and that he had encountered all of this at this place called Bethel. It had such a lasting impact upon Jacob's life that the stones that he had made pillows he then turns around and makes a pillar and he anoints it and says I'm going to memorialize this place right here because of what I felt, because what I've experienced right here in the presence of the Lord and that was a place called Bethel, someone say amen. It's amazing to me, Sister Craig, that those were just stones that were laying there. But those stones, here Jacob makes a pillow. It's interesting to me then that later those stones or those pillows, if you will, were made a pillar to memorialize the place of Bethel. You know what I believe Jacob was memorializing? I believe he was memorializing that at a place called Bethel, you can take the hardnesses of life. You can take the... The hardnesses, if you will, of stones, and they can be translated into something useful and even perhaps restful for your life, but that don't happen just anywhere. That happens at a place called Bethel. Not just anywhere can you grab stones and make them a pillow to rest upon, but you can at the house of God at Bethel take some of the most difficult situations, afflictions, and turmoils, and lay your head down on them in perfect peace at the house of God. He was memorializing that at Bethel hardnesses of life, the edge can be taken off of him at the house of God I know very well Bethel doesn't eliminate the stones Bethel doesn't eliminate the hardness but it tempers it in such a way that a man can rest on amen a normal item of discomfort amen he can even lay down at peace and be comfort with amazing then at that place that he would find rest at that place he would dream of the heavenlies at that place at Bethel he got a glimpse of the angels at Bethel he got a glimpse of the Lord right there he received what a promise an utterance from God right there at Bethel that place sister Craig where heaven and earth connected it was a place where God would come down to man and where man would find access to God right there at Bethel someone say amen build an altar there he would talk to God there he would make some promises to the Lord there the Lord would make some promises to him there but between that Bethel house of God experience and the experience that we read in Genesis 35 there have been about 20 or so years, 30 in reality, whenever Jacob finally returns to Bethel from the time he left, there's about 30 years since Jacob had vowed to return to Bethel. He goes to a land that's foreign to him. He does find two wives. He does have many children by those wives and those handmaidens. It would seem under 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 the hand of Laban that he would get increase of his cattle, and insomuch that he had the stronger of the cattle, while Laban got the weaker of the cattle. Yet, whenever God first spoke to him that he needed to go back to Bethel or go back to the land of his kindred in Genesis 31:13. Telling Jacob, Jacob, I'm I'm the God, Amen, of Bethel. I'm the God that 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 filled your heart with such glee. I'm the God of Bethel where you anointed that pillar and where you vowed your vow, where where you had your experience, Jacob, where you had your experience. I'm the God of that Bethel, where where you seen the glory and you felt the majesty of my presence. I'm the God of that vessel of that, of that Bethel, and I'm calling you back to that place. See, there's a difficulty in life, folks, and Bethel, of course, is not just a literal place, but it is an experience. And all of us have that denoted place, or we need to have that Bethel experience in our life—that place where we realize the the, the excitement. the Lord and the presence of the Lord. That place where we can find rest where no other place we can find rest. That place where our difficulties edge is taken off. That that place called Bethel in your life. That place where God speaks to you. And that place where you speak to God. That place where you've almost had a glimpse of angels wings and and the presence of the Lord touching you afresh. We all have had I hope or need to have a Bethel experience in our life. But The tragedy of the situation is this. Somewhere in life's journey, we drift away from Bethel. Somewhere in life's journey, we remove ourselves from the power of the experience and the power of the glory and the power of the majesty of the Lord. And if I could hear the call of heaven today, it calls to each and every one of us and says, my son, my daughter, why don't you get up and arise and go back to where you had that experience? experience go back to where you felt the thrill and the anointing and the power and you've seen the glory of the lord get up and arise because we have modes of life, Brother Terry McGee, we find ourselves in, and yes, to our standards, it's a good place to be. To our standards, everything is well. To our standards, it's having a good family, it's having good material goods, Amen. That surround our life. It's landing the right job with the right money. It's all those things, and that's fine and well, Amen. But not if you somehow drift away from Bethel in the in the in it all. Not if you drift away from from that all oh, Shekinah glory and presence of God. God in the middle of it all. God was not rebuking the cattle he had. God was not rebuking the family he had, but what God was trying to get to him. Listen Jacob, you can have all of that and still have a Bethel in your life. You can still have all of that and still see a ladder from earth to the heaven, but you gotta rise and get back to your experience. Because although Haran and what you experienced there has been great, there's some things Haran cannot do for you. There are certain locations you'll visit in your life that the house of God can only do for you. And no other location can. He says, you need to get up from this place. You need to get back to Bethel. Get back to that place where you first experienced me. Get back to that place where you first witnessed me. And so Jacob, look now. Jacob arises. He understands right now as the scripture unfolds that Laban which is a relative of his. Laban is not looking at Jacob like Laban looked at Jacob when he first came. Scripture bears it out. Jacob even tells some of his servants, some of his family, he says, the way that I appear in the eyes of Laban has altered and changed. When Jacob first came, thought, man, this is going to be great. As a matter of fact, he even employs Jacob. He'd even ask after a certain matter, Jacob, what would your wages be? You're not just going to work for free, you know, here. What are you, you know, he was just glad to have him on board. And it seemed like everything that Laban had was blessed because of Jacob being there. He said, Man, this is great. This is tremendous. But over a period of time, as Jacob's getting the stronger animals and Laban's getting the weaker animals, and after both of his daughters now are, are, are married to Jacob, and now they're having offspring after offspring, and they're increasing and multiplying in the land, now Laban is looking at, at, at Jacob with an eye, amen, of disgust. And looking at him with an eye, you know, quite different than when he first came. Can I tell you today that whenever you drift away from the house of God, there'll be things you drift to that have a favorable eye toward you, amen, that will coax you and make you feel good about who you are, where you come from. And boy, they're glad that you are where you're at right now. But over a period of time, that whole mentality, that whole appearance is going to change. And they're not going to look upon you with the same desire that they first looked upon you. You're not gonna have the same thrill, amen, to them and appearance to them like you first had to them. That's the reason why I believe God was calling out. You gotta realize this, Jacob. This thing's going down. This thing's going down the tubes. You need to get back to God's house. You need to get back to your experience at Bethel. He hears the call. He hears the word of the Lord. The Bible says he starts on a journey. And his journey brings him back into the land of Canaan. His journey brings him back into the land of Canaan. The Bible speaks to us that whenever he would come into that land, that he would make a house in Genesis thirty three seventeen, that Jacob journeyed to Succoth and built him a house. Succoth is not Bethel. Bethel is not Succoth. And evidently, the intentions of Jacob are not necessarily to continue to Bethel because he builds a house. At Sikoff. He, he doesn't pitch his tent there. He builds a house, a firm, permanent type of residence at Sikoff. The Bible says he makes booths, or if you will, some corrals for his cattle at Sikoff. Can I tell you today? Bible says he goes on a little further after he built his house to a place called Shechem he goes there and he, he evidently going to stay there for a little while and then go back home to Sakoth. because he pitches his, his tent there bought a, bought a parcel of field that was there and spread his tent there Sakoth lay only about 30 miles from Shechem and it was there that Jacob made an alliance with the Canaanites, which he should not have done. It was a word of the Lord from the very beginning that you were not to make any allegiances or alliances with the Canaanites. They were not God's people. They would not be God's people. But it's there that he built an altar. And we read a little further that he had an encounter whenever he was coming to this place with Esau, his brother. He was fearful about meeting his brother Esau again. He met his brother, though, with all the luxury that he had. And he even told his brother Esau, he said, I'm going to meet you at Seir. But instead of traveling to Seir, as he told his brother, he traveled in the opposite direction and he landed there at Sekoth and at Shechem. Can I tell you today, at the location of Sekoth and at the location of Shechem, Jacob was not that far from Bethel. Jacob was that far from the house of God, yet still very distinctly, he still wasn't where he needed to be. He was that far from where he first experienced it. He was not that, that far from where he first seen the angels, where he first seen God, where he first felt the presence of God. But being close is not close enough. Being near is not near enough. the call is made folks he didn't say shikof he didn't see he didn't say the region of bethel he didn't say ten parameters or 10 meters if you will around the location no he said i want you to go to that exact spot i want you to go to that exact time that's where i want you to be you know that jacob went down to shikof and he wasn't there sister craig for a day he wasn't there for 18 months he wasn't there even for 5 years but the scripture records that jacob spent 10 years at so so close to his first experience, yet miles, 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 if you will, away from his first experience. But the voice of heaven was, go to Bethel. I declare to say that sometimes even the church, there's people that's close to that first experience that they had with God. Amen, they're just in a general area and region, but they're still never quite there. God's called you not to get close, not to somehow flirt around the perimeter of it, but get back to that first experience with God. Return to Bethel yes return to Bethel go back there 10 years though if it had not only been 20 years from that experience of the accumulation of everything he got after the word of the Lord would beckon him and I say this with all with all respect today but this is what I feel it was but in 10 more years you're going to waste 10 more years you're going to waste 10 more years of being devoid of that angel vision being devoid of that ascension and descension and notice the scripture He's here at Sukkoth. He's made an alliance with them of Shechem. He's right here. He's doing some things that shouldn't be done. The Bible says that his daughter that was born to him by Leah in chapter 34, Dinah, that there were some of the men of Shechem that came in and basically took advantage of Dinah. She was raped in so many words. She was raped. You could only imagine the heartache of a father over something like this. The heartache of a family over something like this. But wishing not to cause a great upheaval among the people, not, not desiring to get into some great blatant warfare. Jacob says, I tell you what, they said, well, we would desire to marry, so if that's the case, I'll give her to you to be married. Not wanting to cause a bunch of distress. Although he was along those lines, he had some sons that were not of the same thinking. The Bible says that Reuben went up and some with him and they went there to Shechem and they, they made a slaughtering of the men saving the children saving the wives but they made a slaughtering of the men they took advantage of them they made some plea that was untrue they went in and they slaughtered all those and that, that grew very disheartened in the eyes of their father that they had done such a thing but what was taking place was this folks Jacob was at Sikath for 10 years. And there were some things that began to precipitate then in the life of Jacob. Number one, with his daughter being taken advantage of. That God was trying to get Jacob to feel very uncomfortable where he was. Not much discomfort with, with, with maybe waiting for seven more years to get the Rachel that he loved whenever he was first given Leah. Maybe not much discomfort whenever you're getting all the strong livestock and the strong animals. You know this is going. Woo, this is going good. Maybe not struggle, much struggle whenever he left Laban, amen, in the closure, if you will, of him not knowing, him being ignorant of it and getting away from his father-in-law. Maybe not much struggle there, but whenever you don't carry out what God beckons for you to carry out, God says, you, you, you there's pleasure where you go for a season, but whenever that season ends, there's going to be some things that are going to start to become a little uncomfortable. And if you'll notice in Scripture, Jacob does not pull up from where he has stationed his life until He's seen great. Danger! Whenever he seen that it would seemingly be impossible to stay where he was. Whenever, somebody hear me today. When Jacob seen that it would be impossible because after Reuben went up and they did a slaughtering on those people, all of those relatives from other tribes and other places of the Canaanite, they're gonna focus in on Jacob. They're gonna come and attack Jacob. They're gonna come and attack his goods. They're gonna come and attack his family. And it was only when Jacob, seemed that it was going to be impossible to stay where he was that he said hey folks I think it's time for us to arise and go back to Bethlehem Oh, I'm trying to preach to somebody today. Don't let there be another 10-year experience of stopping shy of where God wants you to be in order to get you back to Bethel. Go, whatever God says, go. Don't allow for there to be trouble and circumstance to the place that it gets so impossible for you to stay where you are that then you make your trip back to God's house, back to your first experience with him. He sensed danger. He sensed danger beyond his ability to contend with. I've got to go back. Let's arise. Let's go back to Bethel. Now notice in Genesis 35 and verse 2. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, look now, put away the strange God they're among you be clean change your garments whenever Jacob and Rachel and Leah left from Laban Leah and Rachel's father this man that Jacob had worked for this man who had changed his wages ten times the Bible says When they left they didn't give notice that they were leaving they just left then it came to the ears of Laban that they had left But there was something that Laban noticed. Somebody's taking something from a home. His idol, his pagan God. The Bible tells us that Rachel was the one that had taken this idol God away from him. Whenever Laban later overtakes Jacob and Rachel and Leah, Jacob tells him, you search whatever you you say, we have parted goods, I don't know what you're talking about. So you search everything you want to search. Look everywhere you want to look. He says, if you find it, whoever's in whose hands you find it, they die. No big deal. The Bible says that he looked here, Laban looked here and there. And then he came to the tent of Rachel, the Bible says. And she had the idol basically under her, under some of the goats or some of the skins that were there. And he's looking everywhere in her tent except under her. And she makes this excuse. She says, she says, Laban, I would arise, but the custom of women is upon me, and I'm unable to rise. And she keeps that idol hid. Listen to me, I'm talking about what happens when you get away from your first experience. And yet, now listen, Jacob doesn't have any knowledge of this. Jacob doesn't have any knowledge of this. Yet I read of scripture here in Genesis 35 that now however many years now we're removed from that overtaking which may be somewhere around 10 but now after all of this has has been many years removed he now tells them with knowledge that you need to put away the strange gods that are among you somewhere between the time that Laban came and Jacob did not have any knowledge of it between now Jacob got knowledge of it And yet in that time frame, Brother Fred didn't do anything about it. Because whenever you get away from Bethel, you allow things to creep into your life. And you allow things to creep into your family. And you allow things to creep into your home. And you allow things to creep into your thinking. And you allow things to creep into your personality. You otherwise would not allow But all of that materializes because you've stepped away from your first experience. Uh Uh So we got idol gods now. That's among the household of Jacob, the son of Isaac. And he says now, we're going to go back to Bethel if we're going to go back to that first experience my life didn't get the fingerprints of God on it by having other gods in my life when I was at Bethel when I first seen the ladder, first seen the angels first seen God, I was any other God void any other God was not in the picture then And I seriously doubt if I want a renewing of that experience. If I want a renewing of that abundance. I will have to rid myself of the things that I know need to be rid of. To get back to that first experience with God. I'm asking today that we can examine ourselves in the Lord. Because if it's been a few years since you revisited your first experience. Perhaps what's troubling in you getting there is maybe there are some strange gods in your house. Maybe there's some strange gods in your life. Maybe there's some things that crept in were not there whenever you first experienced God. And God is not going to somehow share or cohabitate with any other God. And I'm not talking about wood and stone. We have things in our nation and our lives that are gods that are not wood and stone. But they come exactly between us and our God right. Come on oh, yeah. Come on. says we got to says we got to put away these strange gods. So I know about them. It's not because of my lack of knowledge. Before He could have pled the ignorance key, He could have pled the key. Well, I didn't know this was happening. And let me say this, if I may today, and I'll sit down here for a little bit let me breathe. Let me say this, that many times whenever idols enter your life, they enter to begin with without you knowing, seemingly, under the rug. But the danger of the calamity is after we realize that is a vice that's keeping us from our first experience, what do we do with it? Pastor, you and I know both for sure. I've talked to people that have absolutely identified problems in their life, spiritual life, family life, church life, have identified it in a closed council session what the problem was. The difficulty wasn't realizing what the problem was. The difficulty was what you're going to do with the problem. And I've seen them continue in the same vein, in the same rut, in the same ditch, doing the same thing with the same complaint. And it wasn't because they didn't know what the problem was. It's because they just wanted to keep it there and stay on the perimeter of their first experience because they knew going back to Bethel was going to cost them something. Some people saw it. Instead of having my first experience, I'll settle for a mediocre experience. Wow. You know what one of the things was that Jacob testified to the Lord, and perhaps this was his bargain plea, or perhaps this was loose lips during a moment of distress. Because he first went to Bethel in his distress. Perhaps this was a loose lips during a moment of distress. But he told the Lord. He said, Lord, listen to him. He says, when and if I return here. He says, I'll tithe all that I have. To you. It's easy to say that. When all you had at the moment was a staff in your hand. But now that he's coming back and he's got 12 sons. A daughter, uh huh, livestock, beyond his understanding or thinking. And he knows if I go back to where I first experienced God, it's going to cost me something. Honey, these experiences we have with God, and nobody misconstrue what I'm saying. You're saying, Brother McGee, you got, you got to be all clean and all perfect and all right in order for God to accept you? No. But I am telling you this whenever God first accepts you you don't have to be like that. But whenever you come back to God you already have a knowledge of what the expectation of God is. When you fell away from that place of your first experience, you already know what God desires, what he eats and what he likes, and he likes his children to do the same. That's how you get in a good relationship with God. So if you want your first experience, start cutting off all the extra that's accumulated along the way since you had your first experience with God. Arise and get back to Bethel. Let me tell you, it's difficult to do because it does cost some. But your life will be the better by it. A periodic times of evaluating where you are compared to where you had been in the past and asking yourself the question, what am I doing now that I was not doing then? Could be commission things or it may be omission things. What am I not doing now? That I was doing then. For instance, some of the things, what am I doing now that I, oh God help me today, that I was not doing then, just consider for a moment, and I, I, I don't remember, I got this down somewhere, I probably got it in here, amen, but I just read something just uh, this week that, that just kind of, it didn't really surprise me, but it's just one of those things that, 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 that kind of catches your attention and makes you think again, and like, huh, is that true? And I was reading it, maybe it was a couple weeks ago, But in the book right now here at the church, we are under a plan called the 24-7 plan, 24-7 plan. And that 24-7 plan is this, 24 minutes a day of prayer and Bible reading. That's coupled together, not 24 minutes Bible reading, 24 minutes prayer, but together, 24 minutes of prayer and Bible reading together, seven days a week. It's the 24-7 plan. What did you have at your first experience? I read in a book that I was reading, I believe it was The Second Coming of the Church by George uh, Barna, the Bible said, not the Bible, but his book said, in 1998, this is perhaps dated, no doubt, information, but it's probably elevated today. It said, he's the one that does all the statistics and, and crunches all those numbers, George Barna does, and he says, the average Christian spends more time watching television in one evening than he or she spends reading the Bible during the entire week. I'm just talking about 24-7 here for a moment, okay? This is my commercial this week for 24-7. Consider at the end of the day when you go to bed, if you've not taken at least that 24 minutes of prayer and Bible reading, ask yourself a question. Have I watched one show on television? Because for the most part, shows are in about 30-minute increments. Some of my kids' shows, kids watch stuff that's 15 to 20-minute 15 to increments. But by and large, most adult shows have at least a half an hour increment so if I crawl in my bed at the end of the day and I'm like oh man I didn't have time to pray or read my Bible today but you had time for your favorite sitcom that lasted 30 minutes get back to Bethel uh huh understand the spirit that I say this and you know I, I'm on social media and I, don't do a, I do some of it here and there but a, a lot of times I peruse it just to peruse uh, not necessarily to add anything but just to see what's going on in the life of my church <gasps> and I, I could see sometimes people saying I can't wait till such and such time my shows are on we're going to be watching blah 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 and blah 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 and all that's great and fine amen but ask yourself at the end of the day when you crawl in bed did you give any time to God did you give any time to God? Man, you know what? I would. Somebody just do it for me this week. Just post on Facebook. Man, I can't wait. I'm about ready to have a time of devotion with the Lord. I'm about ready to have a little time with Jesus. I, I'm gonna talk to God for a little bit. I would love to see. you know why? Because that's somebody that's not at Sakoth, but they went just the extra difference, the, the extra distance, just a little bit, and they made it back to their first experience. Let me give you're preaching against television. I'm not preaching against television. Good glory, no. Am I also know what Nick Jr. and stuff like this is quite a bit? Kids. So you've got to start asking yourself, what 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 is it that I I'm 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 not doing now that I did do? And within that episode, there's the commission omission right there. I didn't didn't, didn't let anything get in the way of my prayer or my Bible reading, but now I do allow things in. And yet we excuse the thing we don't have time. That is one of the biggest excuses, most prominent excuses ever used for anything is that I don't have enough time. When there's nobody in this place that has any more or less time than the other. I Listen, I know. We all have 24 hours a day and some of you have a lot of things to do, but I'm saying we all have the same 24 hours. Amen. We do. We got to get back to Bethel. If you'll stand with me, I'll close. I realize the hour's coming upon us. Because there's some other locations and places and experiences that won't do for you what Bethel will do for you. In closing this morning, Sister McGee, if you'll go to, if you'll go to Psalms chapter number 20. Remember, Bethel's more than just a place and it's an experience. Psalms chapter number 20. These are the words of David. Look at this. He said, send thee help from the sanctuary. Strengthen thee out of Zion said, send some help from, from the sanctuary. I could say it like this. We betray ourselves of help when we forsake the Bethel in our life. David, he says, I'm going to get me some help sent, sent from the sanctuary in the day of my trouble. Jacob, the reason why you ever... Approached Bethel in the first place And spent a night there And seen everything You cried unto the Lord In your, your distress There's some things that That can't be, do, can't be done Absence your first experience Your house of God experience In your life The Bible says in the New Testament Scripture I think it's somewhere on Luke 17 Don't quote me on that But it's, it's there in the book of Luke That those ten lepers That came to the Lord And they cried out to him Unclean, unclean And it wasn't like he put his hands on them and had an hour prayer session and he jerked and twitched and all that. He told him, he said, go show yourself to the priest. Where's the priest located? At the temple. And as they were going, they were cleansed, but they would still, when they got there, have to be offered what Moses required to be offered. What are you saying, Brother McGee? There's some things that cannot happen outside of the Bethel in your life. If we can bow our heads all across this place today. I'm calling for us as, as a people to return to Bethel. Where we have been and where we have gone. No doubt there's some notable things that have been done. And perhaps we would count them and recount them as positive experiences. But there's some things that cannot be experienced. Unless you have a Bethel in your life. Hallelujah. I'm talking to people that's under the sound of my voice. You're a Jacob that's not yet ever even been to the Bethel location yet. You've never had that experience of feeling the presence of the Lord yet at all in your life. And if that would be the case, you've never experienced God. You've never experienced the love of God. You've never experienced uh, the anointing, the, the help, the security, the faith. The uplifting bliss of the helper of the Lord in your life, you've never experienced that, then your call this morning is is not to go return to Bethel. Your your call today is just to get to Bethel. Your call today is just to get to Bethel. You distressed, you perplexed, you overwhelmed by life circumstances, get to Bethel. But to those of you that have been at Bethel, those of you that have had that first experience, those of you that have had God promise things into your life and you have made promises to God, He's talking to you today that of all the good experiences you had, and that's great and fine, there's something that will never take the place of your first experience at Bethel. And He's calling you back to that place. He's calling you back to that place. Sir, ma'am, it matters who, not, who whoever we are this morning, He's not calling you to a close position, not just to a nigh position to Bethel. He's calling you back to Bethel. Please don't waste 10 years. Please don't waste an abundant of time of being just in close proximity to your first experience. Get back to your first experience. If it requires changing your garments, if it requires putting away the strange gods, if it requires whatever it costs, whatever it it costs, what type of money value can you put on a ladder that reaches to heaven where angels are ascending and descending? What type of money value? What type of money value can you put upon a place where even the difficult things such as stones you can use as a pillow and find rest there? What type of money value can you place upon that? Get back to Bethel. Get back to Bethel if you stay at arm's distance from there. It will get to a place, declare you this. It will get to a place somewhere in your life. It will seem as though it will be impossible for you to stay where you're at. You'll become miserable. You'll become so miserable, so torn, so confused, so devastated. Hallelujah. You'll want to make a move. Don't wait till that point in time. Don't wait till that point in time. Just heed the call of God. Arise and get to Bethel. Arise and get to Bethel. Hallelujah. Build you an altar there. Worship there. And go revisit that first experience when that fresh spirit of the Lord just enveloped your body and you arose and said, Surely this is the house of God. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC.